Welcome back to the Kill Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Gray. Tonight, I'm joined by my internet co-host. We have Ash. We have Devin. What a surprise, guys. Surprise! Psych. Why is it a surprise? <laughs> Just go with the flow, Devin. To oh, revisit okay. this movie was very surprising to me. This like, was a first-time watch for me. I can't believe oh, okay. I'm the one who suggested this movie, and I totally forgot we were doing this movie at the same time. So, well, you did. You always say you love trash, so it makes sense. <laughs> well, now I'm I'm hyper interested in what Ash's take is on this film. It's the first time you've ever watched it, being in <laughs> 2022. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> there may have been some things that stuck out to you. Just a hunch. Uh-huh. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about some horror news. No, we're not. Ash, I'm just what do you have for <laughs> Well, 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 it feels great to be back and to have my lovely voice again. Hello. Yay. <laughs> yes. How you doing? Oh, so I was kidding. Anyways, <laughs> in horror news, what I got, let's see. It's official. Scream 6 will be in theaters March 2023. Filming starts this summer, and Courtney Cox will be returning to continue her role as Gail Weathers. What are y'all thoughts on that? Is she the only confirmed person, or do we have Scream 3 banks? So far, she's the only one that has signed on. I'm pretty sure it's obvious that we'll have, like, the new group of um, kids from this recent film returning because I mean, I mean, it's screen. You have to have your returning group, but so far as for legacy characters, she's the only one that's signed on. That's interesting. Although I guess Nev Campbell can wait until, you know, three weeks after they start shooting and still say, I want to be in the film. Oh yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure, like for Nev, it's gonna have to be one really good ass script, just how it was for like this one. She said she was gonna return to Wes is a really good script, and um, it's up to like Wes's standards. So we'll see. Maybe I'll ask her at Horror Hound this week and be like, "So, you gonna be in this new one or not?" But (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, but that's I'm actually surprised that. They announced this so fast and that we're going to get this movie in like a year. I think that's the one advantage that horror movies have is production value. As far as making a slasher, you can always just go practical effects and you don't have to wait to render a scene. Versus, you know, a Spider-Man couldn't go shoot today and rap in three months. Oh, hell it's no. Just not no, no. <laughs> It won't look good if Nev Campbell doesn't come back. If Courtney Cox comes back and Nev Campbell doesn't come back, that doesn't bode well for the series. So, I, 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 I Nev Campbell's coming back. She ain't going nowhere. But I would, <laughs> but this should be their last screen movie. Don't kill them off, but like they've they've given us six movies at this point. They can retire and we'll have a new group. If Gail's coming back, the only way I see this is she's Ghostface. Vengeance. See, I don't want them to turn a legacy character into the killer, because that's just so... Well, according to Scream rules, you can't just go with the same format. So you kill a legacy character when no one's expecting it. The next thing you have to do in legacy characters, they become the killer. In Scream 5, we finally get Sydney to admit that she's a serial killer. When did she say that? <laughs> you love this theory. What did she say? <laughs> they do. They're like, what are you doing? We're going to kill him. I mean, I don't know if she's a <laughs> Does she go to jail? No. 30 years of murdering people. She's just living her best, I don't mean this in the wrong way this time, white life. Got kids, <laughs> married Mark. Countless body count. Countless. I know this is totally irrelevant, but like, how many kids does she say she had? 
two. I think it's two. It is two. Okay. But I'm confused because she said she just dropped the girls off at school and she had a baby in the carriage. So I want to say three. Yeah, I feel like. Ooh. Maybe the carriage is a boy. Well, either way, I'm looking forward to Scream 6. What, what are they going to call it? Scream 6? I'm tired of this fucking... Okay. Uh-oh. I'm with you. I already I, know what you're about to say. I'm with you. I get that we're in the renaissance of the modern-day remake era, but this lazy bullshit of renaming it the same exact name or adding the to the title uh, yeah. is it's nothing different, right? Even watching the uh, aforementioned title of this episode. They're definitely like, for the third act, hey, can you make that sound that they do in Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, just steal that. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah, I mean, like, with these, t- I, like, from a business perspective, I get why, like, Halloween 2018 was just called Halloween and Scream 5 was just called Scream. I get it because... High numbers and sequels make investors a little nervous, but we also you also want to distinguish it from the original work. Like Scream Five is not a remake; it's not even a a reboot. It's a straight sequel. So I don't know. Give us a different title. Screaming, maybe. Uh, screamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh- Something would be nice. I, you know, my favorite franchise next to Halloween is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the chain Texas Chainsaw, two words instead of one, Massacre. It's like, for 40 years, you guys couldn't figure out anything else? Well, they couldn't Nothing. even figure out how to do a script properly, so. Anyway, I'm off my high horse. <laughs> Alrighty, so next piece of news. Christina Ritchie will be starring yes! in Netflix Wednesday. It was just announced early this week, and we are not sure on the, her role. It's an unknown role, but we do know that it's a main character, and we definitely know it's not going to be Wednesday. So... Legacy character. I mean, well, leg- legacy actor. We got um, with the OG. Well, not OG Wednesday Adams, but y'all like, know. When I woke up yesterday, and Christina Ricci was the first thing on my IG. Lost my <laughs> shit. Five o'clock in the morning, losing my shit. Sorry, neighbors. I, I don't care what she's gonna play. Actually, just. Happy she made it in. I'm excited. I mean, she's been busy. I mean, she did um, Yellow Jackets. She has a new film coming out. She's going to be in, in Wednesday. Like, Homegirl is making her way back into horror, and I am here for it. Has she ever, has she, Christina Ritchie and Tim Burton ever worked together before? Oh. Because I, I feel like that's a perfect combination that we haven't tapped into. Let's see. Oh, you know what? Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, he did do that, yep. But I feel like I need to see more of that. Like, as often as he's worked with uh, John, maybe he can work with Christina often, because I feel like their sensibilities would complement each other, just from what I know of them from outside looking in. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I didn't know she was. Oh yeah, she wasn't that. Duh. Okay. (laughs) But um, next piece of news. Let's see. Okay. I can't wait to hear y'all thoughts on this one. (laughs) Ben Stiller is in talks to play Jack Torrance in a stage production of The Shining. 
So sources say the stage play of The Shining will adhere more closely to King's 1977 book rather than Stanley Kubrick's film, which we all know that King is, like, not a fan of. Um, I am, first of all, I'm here for a stage adaptation of The Shining, period. Like, that just sounds so catastrophic, but ambitious at the same time. I really want to see that. I think Ben Stiller could pull it off. I just I go back. Too. I go back to the episode of Friends he was in, where he was dating I think Jennifer <laughs> Aniston's character. He had this loose temper, so he, you know, you've seen him be an asshole before. Yeah, oh, dodgeball, yeah. same thing. Heavyweights. <laughs> I love that movie. I've never seen that. <laughs> but it's it's just a play. It's not a musical. Yeah, it's just a play. I think they're going to start. Damn. No, you did it. <laughs> I think they're going to do. Uh, they're going to start over in London, and then it's going to work, uh, work its way over to Broadway, like in NYC. So, but we'll see. He's in talks. We're not sure if it's like going to happen, but I feel like it's going to happen, and I'm and I'm going to say it again. I'm here for it. I always feel like comed like comedians can pull the most fucked up roles. So, by that tone, would you be okay? With Robert Downey Jr. being cast as Scatman Crothers as Dick Holleran in blackface. Uh uh. Hold up. Great. <laughs> He's done it before. This is He's done it before. Rescinding my invitation. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> no invitation, no oxtails, nothing. Um I would not like that. No. For several reasons. Let's like let's stay true to the book. I've never read the book, so I'm not sure what all that happens. I heard bits and pieces. Like I know uh Scatman's character is more has more in the book than he did in the the film adaptation. Yeah, in the movie. And he is written explicitly as black too. Yeah. So I mean it, Stephen like, it King into the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen King, he's gonna let you know if his characters are black. You know what? And this is, I don't know, maybe you messed up or not. I don't know. But when I think of who would play Shelley Duvall, I think of Sydney Sweeney. And it's only because typically Ben Stiller likes to play opposite of blondes. But she's so young. Uh, he also plays age gap. She has the eyes for it. <laughs> she's yes. gonna be busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Given the last season, Euphoria, she has no shortage of work. She she just signed on to be in Marvel. Like she is, she is set. She's the next generation of uh, Amanda Seyfried. She's about to get Except, those points. Maybe a little more talented. Or. I, I I am enjoying Amanda in the dropout, but obviously she's not a lead actress. And I'm not oh, saying yeah, that to be mean. Hulu show. Yeah, but it's like if it was gonna happen, it would happen, and it has not happened. Well, at least she has her brains to fall back on because she can detect ESPN apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so mad. But if only it when it's raining. <laughs> Okay. I, where where is the play? Do they say it was in New York or LA? It's going. I think in London. It's going to have. It's going to start production there, and then make its way to New York. Okay. I, so she's not real Marvel. I'm going back to Sydney, right? She's going to be a Spider Man person, Spider Woman. Yeah. Uh, her uh, Dakota Johnson. Are doing Madam, is it Madam Web? Uh, and let me see what role she signed on to because she signed on, I think, for a sixth film. Uh, Dakota Johnson's probably Madam Web because she could be a good villain, yeah. And that would probably make uh, Sydney Sweeney probably 
Spider Woman or Spider Gwen? Spider Gwen. Okay. The nerd is awakened. Yeah, see? Nope. <laughs> so many of these comic book movies. Well, I know that for a while, Sony's focus was going to be like, all right, we're never going to be better than Marvel, so we're just going to do Sony Marvel villains. Because they own the right to all the so or the Spider-Man mm. villains. So are they the sense. ones behind? Um, is it Morpheus? Or yep. Morpheus? Yeah. Yep. I have no interest in seeing that. That movie looks so boring and so basic. I'm, Jared I'm Leto stuck. is ripped as fuck. Are, yes, have he you is. not seen this trailer? So am I. And that's the same old ass trailer they've been showing for how many like months? Hey, I went and saw Uncharted, and they re-edited the trailer. <laughs> like two new seconds of something. No, when we went to see X, they were showing the trailer for it, but it, it was it was a trailer for when it was supposed to come out in January. Uh-huh. So it kept saying, coming this January. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was supposed March. to come out in March. Nope, we'll make it. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt about the Jackass trailer. It was like, October 2021. <laughs> like okay it's february guys and now it's streaming on paramount plus oh is it mm-hmm. ah, i know what i'm watching sorry <laughs> i have excited. a love-hate relationship with them uh, we'll see how i feel <laughs> i enjoyed the film not just from at the time i really didn't need to just laugh and it was uh being alone and not alone but being in a theater secluded from the outside world and just laughing for 90 minutes or whatever was fantastic fantastic and obviously there's a nostalgia piece to it at the very end they pay tribute to maybe people who are not in a good place right now who obviously pay the way for the show and people who are not with us on earth who pay the way for shows so that was very very uh near and dear to my heart because our college my college years i spent recording doing dumb shit the whole fucking time we made three movies of us just doing dumb shit but I have memories of my college years on tape for the rest of my life. Oh, I need to see that. Me too. <laughs> no one will ever see. It was on YouTube back like in 2007 or something like that. But got taken down. Oh, yeah. I'm going to need to see a copy for scientific reasons, of course. Well, I can yeah, tell you I this need it for blackmail reasons, but yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> There are at least copies of part two and three. I, I don't own a copy of part one myself. Huh. All right. Yeah, I got to see that. You got to upload that. Gray, you are like a, the man of mystery. Like, yeah. I feel like your life is just so, like, mesmerizing. Like, just when I think I know you, it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> like, I've had a good time on Earth. Not gonna hey, lie. I ain't mad at you. I love it. It brought me to a couple of people like you. Uh, Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. Just saying. (laughs) Just do a Jada kiss? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, let me get this last piece of news, okay? (laughs) Okay. So... All the true detective fans in the world, it has been announced that HBO has figured out a way to continue on with the series. True Detective Night Country is now in the works. Night Country will be the show's fourth season with Isa Lopez, the amazing, brilliant mind behind Tigers Are Not Afraid, or is on board to write, and Barry Jenkins behind the Underground Railroad will be producing. I'm looking forward to that. I, I remember the reaction I had when I first, the way I first received this news, it was, hey, Barry Jenkins is produ- is behind the new season of True Detective. I'm like, okay, that's great. And then I read, like, another article where it said, it's actually Issa Lopez who's doing the, who's going to be serving as writer and director, and Barry Jenkins is going to be the producer. That's I feel like they should have led with Issa Lopez. That's kind of a huge deal that she is taking over this franchise, the creative vision for this franchise, which in the past was just handled typically by one person. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the show, so I'm really, really, really looking forward to the new season. 
I've never seen it. Same. Watch the first season. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? Mm -hmm. It's a masterclass in acting and storytelling. Um, The second season is... uh, You can skip. Third season is very good as well. Okay, okay. Is that HBO? Yeah, that's the... the, Mm -hmm. Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I have for horror news. I mean, I keep going, but that's going to take up some time, but... Yes. (laughs) Okay. I have one question for you both actually before we move on and I was thinking about this for myself and I honestly don't know anything else other than one specific answer uh oh that was vague what is is next movie you guys are looking forward to come out now that X is out is there anything and you can't say nope nope because I feel like that is the next film huh but I'm wondering if I'm creating tunnel vision for myself, and that's why I asked the question of, are there other films in the works? Uh, I haven't watched Hulu's Monster yet. I haven't watched uh, the Sandra O oh film, Um. Um. I was going to see it, but it was co- it came out the same night as X, and I was like, oh, uh, no, that's going to have to wait. I mean, I know there's a new Evil Dead movie that's scheduled for this year. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to the new Orphan movie. Yeah, um, that, I think that's actually coming out in April, right? Oh, is it? Okay, because I haven't seen a trailer or anything. Um, I'm also looking forward to just stumbling across... I know this doesn't quite answer your question, Gray, but I'm, I'm looking forward to stumbling across a film I've never heard of and just discovering, like, discovering it, like, fresh... I hadn't heard anything about that movie. I just stumbled oh! on it. And Sorry. It was nope, that was a good one. It was such a great film. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to more things like that. And I, apparently I saw it like the night it came out and I didn't realize it. I, I didn't realize there was a new Evil Dead coming out. So yeah. there's a Evil film. Dead Rises, think... And it's going to be on HBO Max. Not a fan. Uh, uh, HBO Max or Evil Dead? I... You know, I don't mind. I mean, I don't know if Sam Raimi's behind this. I just heard of it two minutes ago. But I need HBO Warner Brothers to stop releasing stuff on HBO Max so we can have a shot at bringing the box office back. That's my only gripe with it. Oh, okay. Um, I think studios are more reluctant to do things or experiment with things. Going forward, they're fine if you already paid the money to buy the Evil Dead rights, right? You're still going to make the film because you have to. But then, like, let's say Netflix releases the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who's going to buy that? Because they're like, eh, bet they kind of fucked that up for everyone. You think so? I don't think for Texas Chainsaw, because that's such a... You know, you're right. There's some bad films in that franchise. It may not. But I, I just don't want... Things like direct-to-video to get in the way of people being motivated to make art that may not go mainstream, but at least try. Hmm. Yeah, we got to tell that to Disney and Marvel. So I feel like those are the movies that are getting the most marketing and um, re- like marketing resources for mainstream films now. Because can you imagine a movie like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Did I say that right? Yep. Can you imagine that movie coming out in today's climate? Probably not. Not in a mainstream theater. In the city that I lived in when that came out, it went straight to the art house theater. It did not go yeah. to like Regal. Oh. Like yeah. yeah. But I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I am. We do need to support more indie work and more original work, like we did with X, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, instead of all these. Ten pole franchises, not instead of, but in addition to these ten pole franchises. Yeah, in addition to, no difference than. I mean, as far as I I see on Twitter, X is being pretty well received. It's like the right amount of smut and the right amount of slasher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then another film which I consider very creative was Malignant for last year, and it got dragged. And it's someone, it doesn't matter that it was James Wan, but it's just any director is trying to make new content and we're not appreciating it versus, you know, was originally was Sleepaway Camp the best film in the world? No. Do I love it? Yes. Ash, did I like every post you did about it? I think so, except for Fortnite. <laughs> Sorry. Because I, I love I, that I, film. I, me too. It's so good. I mean, even though it's problematic as yes. fuck, but it's so, it's such fun. Yeah. But I just, as a, as a fan, I just want more opportunity for directors, writers to make their content and do it. Like, if you guys made a film, I would go support it. Doesn't matter if you made it to a, a theater or just your local theater. Yeah. Support more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> support support more stuff. Like, uh, yeah, like I don't know why I'm lost for words tonight, but yeah, we need to support more unique and original artwork. Yes, support indie horror. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to a new friend the other day, and they don't need to have a name yet, but Ooh. I remember in my childhood, I I read everything from the ages of probably whenever Scholastic starts coming to your school and having those little book fairs. If someone was giving me $5, I was going to Barnes & Noble's uh, Books A Million, any local place I've forgotten about. Um, There's a logo in my mind, but I can't think of it. Anyway, and I was buying books. I'm not as well-versed as, let's say, Marco Estes. (laughs) (laughs) He is the goddamn oracle of my childhood. But uh, I did read quite a bit until eighth grade. I remember I started suffering from major migraines because my eyes were like, we're done. You lived your best life and we're not going to give you anything else. I stopped reading. And I realized that's what led me to film. And this is a recent epiphany. I, I didn't, I don't remember watching, let's say... I don't know what kids watch when they're little, but there was no whatever our version of Thomas the Train was for me. Or I vaguely remember some Sesame Street episodes and Pinwheel. Uh, but as far as like movies, like kids watch Frozen all day as long as their parents keep restarting the DVD. That wasn't me. I, I read books. But when books were taken away from me, I don't know if it was eighth grade immediately, but definitely by the time I got to high school, movies became a thing. And it was like my new resource of entertainment because it didn't give me a migraine. So if I never read, I would have never discovered movies or films. See, it's all, uh, I'm going to say full circle, but that led you to this. I like that. That led you to us. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshitting with my friends every other week. all right that being said memory lane is done i want to get into the 1986 slasher yeah it's considered slasher okay i was reluctant because unfortunately there's one thing the killer does in this film very well and it isn't I no, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't mean that as in like there isn't other things that don't go well in this film. But one thing that I think is, is goes against the norm is that the killer kills by any means. There isn't a token weapon, which was so prevalent in the 80s. It's like Jason has a machete, Michael has a kitchen knife, Freddy has his claws. You couldn't kill anyone any other way. Marty uses a plethora of things to murder people. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> anyway, if you've never seen Slaughter High before, it is a 1986 film directed by George Dugo, Dugdale. George Dugdale, Mark Ezra, and Peter McKenzie Litton. 
I don't know any of these guys from anything else. No, Devin, it like took, you know something? It took three people to write and direct this movie. I'm mad. But yeah, <laughs> yes, I don't they, know any of them. They are both the writer, or all three of them are writer-directors. Yeah, no, I don't. Hey, we all got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, there's a little mystery around this, right? Because I think the actual Jester mask that is you. Oh, no, let's. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Starring a Carolyn Murno. Monroe. Monroe. Thank you. Simon Scudamore and Carmen Lanacone. Which none of these people went on to do anything very notable, and that's why it's a hard time pronouncing their name. Well, Caroline. Well, Caroline. She she's a a Bond girl. I've and never seen a Bond movie. Huh? I've seen one. Was, <laughs> I was forced to watch it. I, I'm with you, Gray. I, I mean, besides Bond, I mean, she's known for Hammer films and all that. But what? <laughs> no. I, I could not. I mean, she, nah. You have to, so with Bond films, sorry to like go off the rail. You have to find like the right one to get you, especially with the older films, because like there's a shit ton of them. But like, you, like, there's just so many different films. Like, you can find one that you actually like and can get into. I mean, that's, that's how, how it is for me. So if she's a Bond girl, then she's not American then, right? None of these people are. She's English. The whole cast are Brits. Oh, well, I didn't realize that, but it sounds like I should have done a little research. I just know that, like, Bond girls were all British until, like, the 90s. Well, and this, yeah, I mean, so the cast are all uh, British, and you can actually hear some of their accents slip through the cracks. Yeah. I know, like, with Carolyn's character, like, her, I guess her character is supposed to be the whole, like, stuck-up, pretty girl, like, uh, like, how, how would I put it? Like, the Samantha of the group. There you go. Oh, a bitch. <laughs> I was gonna say Vixen. Okay. <laughs> Damn, you went in there hard, Gray. Okay. That's what she said. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, sorry. Carry okay, on. so this, this was a British horror film, and they tried to just pretend like it was American? So, well, what yeah. had happened? Oh, go ahead. You want to take, take it away? No, you go for it. You go for it. Well, I mean, I just know that this is from the creators of Friday the 13th. And so they shared a lot of the same production. Um, I believe Frank Mancuso Jr. was also the producer behind this. He produced the Paramount Friday the 13th films. So I think you mentioned earlier. the sound. Well, yeah, I was going to say you mentioned like their sound. I believe they, uh, Henry Henry Manfredi also did the um, score for this film as well. He also does a Friday, Friday the 13th. So, yeah. They said, hey, we'll give you 20 bucks. Just do what you can. Uh-uh. Just recycled. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you still got that 808? Just run the same uh-huh. piece. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, it is him. So, the, I right. mean, this is... Not that yeah, I like, didn't believe you. interesting film, because it's essentially about a group of teens, and I'm using air quotes for the people who can't see me, I mean, teens who bully and torment Marty in high school. And he catches on fire, and he's sent away, and then 10 years later, they're back for a reunion, and they're all killed off one by one. As they should. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) it's funny that you say teenagers, because... Other than the opening scene is in a girl's locker room, like y'all are smooth in your early thirties. Even late thirties. Carolyn was thirty-seven. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> even no, when they were in I'm... high school, they looked old as hell. Yeah. There was no part of me other than Marty's opening scene where I was like, "That might be a young boy. Who knows?" 
He's holding it for them. The only one who's convincing of their age is Marty. Like, I could buy him as an 18-year-old. Yeah. But everyone else, especially the... all. The, okay, the problem with this movie... There's several problems with this movie. But <laughs> one problem is there's too many characters of this friend group. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know... I can't tell them apart because none of them have anything any distinguishable character traits. They're all just mean assholes. Like, why do they hate Marty so much? That is never explained. It 100% is not. Like, I mean, they torment this kid, and then they're also positioned to be the protagonist, so you're supposed to somewhat relate to them or sympathize with them, but they're, they're, they're cruel. You know, maybe there is something I just thought about. You you flickered a switch in my mind. Maybe it's because Marty is getting it. Remember the opening scene where he changed Marty sucks to Marty fucks? Like, mm-hmm. what nerd is doing that? Like, <laughs> most people think I'm not going to tell anybody this happened, but if you want to tell your friends, go ahead. I, I just, I don't, and it's such an elaborate prank they pull like they're using a boom mic and they were doing so much or setting up the electrical shower rack <laughs> or towel rack like what the hell did he tell you and then it wasn't even like they all got caught and then they blamed him for getting in trouble and then the movie turns into the sequence from Carrie where they're all you know Jim. Yes. <laughs> And like they didn't stop there. When they got in trouble, they the whole detention of the gym. One of the guys decides to give Marty a joint that is like laced with like firecrackers or whatever. Something. Like they would not stop. Like stop. Like leave him alone. Damn. Oh, that 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 stressed me out. I'm sitting on my couch like, bruh. You just wasted some weed. A lot of weed, right? <laughs> and their reactions weren't even that shocked when they when they. Did. Another thing: were these the only students in this entire school? I was just about to were... say that. <laughs> I was just about to say that it was just them and the janitor and the gym teacher. That's it. That is it. <laughs> and the gym teacher, not the gym teacher, the janitor was Jamaican. I only know that now because I watched it with subtitles on. Same. Yeah, they made sure to kill him off first. Oh. So then... Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, what are you going to say? I was, I was just going to ask a candid question of what was it about this movie that made you want to pick it? Devin. It's like... <laughs> Why y'all going to blame me? You don't want to pick it. Well, because we were talking about April Fool's Day. Oh, so this entire movie takes place on April Fool's Day. And this is the pick for April Fool's Day, as opposed to the titular movie that's named after the holiday, because we reviewed that last year. Um, right. it, it, classic. This, this is an awful movie, but this is also like a quintessential 80s slasher film. Like, when people, when we see, I guess, write-ups or something that sort of mocks the image of an 80s slasher movie, this is the exact kind of movie that's being mocked. It makes no logical sense. There's no narrative. Plot holes all aboard. Uh, The women are forced to get naked for no reason whatsoever. And gross kills. I mean, this is what this movie is for. You're just watching a bunch of people get killed. There's no story here. Yeah, you're you're actually right about the nudity, like the the tub scene, the sex scene. Which, by the way, and the prank. I'm guessing the actor was like, "So we're having sex. I get electrocuted, but did I finish?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, <"Hey>, finished." Because <laughs> it doesn't that- look like he's being electrocuted at all. It just looks like he came. He gets to come. He rolled over. That whole scene had me crying. <laughs> it was so over the top. And then <laughs> the dialogue with, oh my gosh, what was the main guy's name? Not Marty, but uh, Skip. Skip. 
they're downstairs getting high and they hear them fucking. And when she's like being electrocuted, they th- he thinks she's like coming and he's like, wow, I guess she really needed it. I lost it. I lost it. And the other thing is too, they're aware that she's having an affair, but I don't know who her husband is and who the like. I can't tell them apart because it's like they all came from the same central casting director. I, I don't get this movie. I also don't get. It's probably my last complaint. <laughs> the the way the dialogue is executed, it's almost as if the actors have never heard the words that they're asked to speak. And they didn't know how to actually say it. There's a weird inflection in all of their voices. And it's more than them just overcompensating for their uh, British accents. It's just a weird way they they used all their dialogue, said all their dialogue. Talk dirty to me. Uh, uh, this. This is a weird way. Uh, dirty, dirty, uh, fuck, tits, screw. Sorry. That <laughs> and they all come back to this high school reunion after 10 years to a school that's that's been condemned and is closed down, but they break in. And they did the, question about it. And like this hall, the, the school is clearly clearly abandoned, but someone set up like a weird party for them and they never questioned that. This is a grimy ass movie. It's so dirty. The walls look dirty. The floors look <laughs> dirty. It just, it actually skis me out just looking at it. I don't, I, I want to know more information about the filming location. The bathtub was grimy, but yet homegirl was still trying to bathe. Why are you taking a bath and not escaping? <laughs> yes. Who was she? She deserved Was she in the beginning of the movie? Because I don't I, recognize her. I don't remember her either. <laughs> you know, I used to give movie shit when there's like a token blonde, token brunette, token redhead but I understand that white people realize white people look alike a long time ago Oh shit! and it's just hard to differentiate when you have too many in well, one scene Asian I think, wasn't she? Yeah um, Was she? Yeah. she I, yeah She was of Asian descent, yeah Um, I just and again, she's like, a hard Italian. Had any personality that distinguished them from 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 each other? From to each other, it's just I don't know. We're talking about bathtub girl. Yeah. Yeah. Asian. Yeah. She presented. She she was presented as a woman of color. I I don't want to just like I didn't like label her, but she was she was definitely so a woman. Vasquez, and that wasn't true. Who was Vasquez? An alien. Oh, well, that's just <laughs> shitty casting. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, what did you, well, what did you guys think of Marty as a killer? I mean, first of all, spoiler alert, because I'm just going to ruin this movie. At the end of the film, it's revealed that this entire film was Marty's fantasy of killing, of getting revenge on the students. See, and I'm ends... confused with that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, what, because, go ahead, what were you confused about? No, I was confused, I'm like, so did it actually happen, and he blacked out and ended up being back in the hospital? Or was he dreaming it? And then it's like, I looked it up, <laughs> Wikipedia, and they said, like, that, Sorry. Let's see. He wakes up in a hospital where he's recovering. So I I don't I don't know. Hmm. I've always interpreted it as he never killed these people. This was all his fantasy. That would make more sense because I mean they're not just gonna come back alive like that. Well now see this is interesting because I thought not originally, not not the first time I ever saw this, for sure. I thought this was a meta moment of you can't revenge doesn't beget trauma. Ooh. So it's like he, you know, whether it's fantasy or not, he wants to kill these people for what they've done to him, 
but by at the end of the film you see the ghost and he's still haunted by his actual trauma and even if they're gone or whether he fantasizes about them actually dying it doesn't change how you feel about what happened to him i thought about that you're right you can never truly escape trauma your traumatic past right we're we're also giving this movie way more credit than it deserves. Eight hundred percent. The kills were fine. The kills were the only saving grace of this film. Yeah. And they thought adding Carolyn Monroe into it was going to do something. No. Because I could barely handle her. Whoops. <laughs> Yeah, they were old as hell. I just... <laughs> just old. I do like the look of the Marty mask. The court jester that's old beaten the court jester mask. I think that's pretty cool. And is it... Have you guys seen that image before you saw this movie? No, I think... No. They, they do themselves an injustice by putting the skull guy on the cover. Like, the jester mask was awesome. Yeah, it could have been iconic. I mean, even shot himself. And as much as I rag on this film, it, it is a bad film. But I would welcome a sequel. I actually, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't actually go forward with the sequel. I know they talked about it, but um, you know, I don't know what happened. But we could have gotten a sequel out of it. Like, how do you guys feel this compares to April Fool's Day in that they both are, they present themselves as this horror movie and at the end you find out that there's a twist and what we saw wasn't really real. I, I'll probably, I'm probably going to be the minority of this. I really don't care for April Fool's. Okay. I don't know if I said something different when we talked about it last year, but I mean, it's an okay film. Do I like it? Like, I, I, I don't get the hype and I feel like the ending kind of pissed me off but I think I like this film a little more Slaughter High? Yes Okay. Will I watch it again? Probably not <laughs> What makes you like a little bit more than a, than um, April Fool's Day? Just I think it's more of like the kills and that the fact that in my mind like Marty got a, away with it I was I was rooting for him throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie. And I just I had a lot more fun. Like I was laughing at like some of the dialogue, just the choices that were made by the yeah. like with these characters. It was just a lot I, more fun. I, I have to circle back to this. Josephine Scandy is a whole ass white woman. I don't know where you guys see the Asian. Oh. Okay. I- I said she presented as a woman of color. I, I feel like she... Well, I, okay, my bad. Sorry. My bad, girl. <laughs> I, I have been diligently going through photos on Instagram. Or not Instagram. Google. I'm just like, I don't, I don't see it. Continue. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny that we're watching this movie in honor of April Fool's Day. because in last year we did... April Fool's, the other April Fool's Day. Both mm-hmm. films are connected to Friday the 13th and that April Fool's Day is from Paramount as was Friday. And I believe they actually, I think Freight Mancuso might have been involved with that or Sean Cunningham. I think it was Sean Cunningham that was involved with that. Um, and obviously there, there is a Friday influence here. Both films came out in 86. Um, I believe this film was also called April Fool's Day originally, but they had yeah. to change it because of the other movie. Interesting. I mean, I would think that wouldn't matter if they were different countries, but... but well, I mean, it was made in Britain, but it was film. It was an American production for the most part. Hmm. But, yeah. What do you think, Gray? Like, how do you compare this to um, April Fool's Day? Do you like it better or about the same? Oh, no. April Fool's Day is, in my book, just near and dear to my heart. It's a huge part of my childhood. There was probably a smooth four years where I did watch that every April Fool's Day or like the weekend before April Fool's Day. Um, 
you know, Buffy and her friends, Muffy and her friends. Uh, this film I've only seen maybe this is my third or fourth time. And there's something to it coincidentally, or just because you're getting older, or I'm getting older, to where my perception of this film is changing. There's definitely a plethora of problematic things that are said or acted out in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will probably yield me from watching it as not that I watch it often, but like I don't have another reason to revisit this film unless someone says, Hey, we want to talk about it. But April Fool's oh, Day, not saying that doesn't have some problematic aspects, they're just not glaring. It's more like, Oh, this is an 80s film. And I accept it because of the time era. This film is like, no, they were intentionally saying fucked up shit because whatever person, I guess between the three of those people, that's how they feel about life. You know, and it's interesting with these, with this movie, Slaughter High, you know, the killer, Marty, is ultimately sympathetic for the most part, like you understand his reasoning for revenge. Um, did you? I don't think that really hinder the character as as someone who would induce fear, though. Did you? Like, did you still fear him a little bit, or could you fear him? Like, could you see him being like a uh, iconic horror villain, or is he too no, sympathetic to be a villain? It's more like where do you go from there? He he specifically kills people the way he was humiliated. And so, mm. how does that translate in the sequel? Because he's already yeah. gone. Well, and that's the thing, and I think that might be hindered by the film's budget, because we do, we also just say, like, how many people are in the school? It can't be just this group of people. But I also get the sense that Marty is bullied by probably his entire community, probably by several people. Maybe that'll get that's some juice for a sequel, but the budget would not allow it, I assume. Yeah, I didn't think about buzzing constraints. But I guess if you're like you're operating in, in a high school after hours, mm-hmm. you're not trying to bring like a hundred people there. Yeah. Well. Well, how many stars do you guys give this to the movie? I would give it three gestures mask. <laughs> Out of five, <sighs> I'll give it a 2.75. Always gonna be difficult. I'm sorry. I'm gonna give this two and a half. Always gotta be difficult. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it's like I said, choices were made. But I had fun with it, and I liked the kills. I had issues with, like, how towards the end when you think the final girl, like, the final girl, she has that long-ass chase scene. That was, Down like, those that, stairs? Yes! I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> that did not end? The never-ending story? But, like, looking at the <laughs> trivia for this movie, I guess they realized, like, filming that they only had like 75 minutes worth of footage and they need to add more. And a pad this movie. Right. <laughs> but I know like, so I have to ask y'all like, would y'all, would y'all like to see like a reimagining reboot of this film? Because I feel like it could definitely be made now. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a re- I could. I think this movie could totally work as a remake for sure. Well, then, long as we're bringing it up, how would your remake go, Devin? <sighs> That's a good question, because I, I don't know if I want to go down the bullying route, because the way we look at bullying is significantly different now than it was in 86. Um, somehow, it would be a... I don't know. I don't know. Give me a second. Okay. Ash? I don't like... 
like with Devin, like I'm not a fan of bullying, and I feel like with this, like this version, like the '86, like they went way too extreme with it. So let's see, how can we do it? We could probably do. I mean, uh, now I'm stuck. Oh, I got it. Uh oh. Okay, so Ash, this will be our concept together. Okay. <laughs> if you like it. The school bully is the one who gets killed by his own doing. Like, he's trying to bully someone else, and he, I don't know, somehow dies. Ooh. We think he dies. And like then 10 prank years later. Wrong? Like who? Like a prank gone wrong. Like, he was trying, yes. to, he was trying to prank, like, the school nerd, but it backfired on him. Right. And then everyone thinks he dies or whatever. He goes away, and then 10 years later, he comes back for revenge at a high school reunion. Okay. With no stupid bathtub scene. That actually has people who attended high school is more than 10 people. <laughs> Sorry. An actual school. And they're of high school age. <laughs> yep. How'd you do it, Gray? All right, you guys are going to stay with me. I would move them up a level to college and instead of bullying, let uh, hazing be the catalyst. I think I would like to see Tom Holland as Marty. What? Um, With a British accent or American? Or does it matter? (laughs) British, that's fine. That's actually fine. And then maybe uh, uh, Kierman Shipka as Carol. And the 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 groundbreaking. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sophia Takao directing. I think it would be nice to see this film without a male gaze. And she is clearly very abstract in her work. Okay. And, you know, it couldn't be any worse than a remake of another franchise. Could not. Just throwing that out there. Okay. I want Harry Styles to play Marty. Oh. I gotta see if he can act first. I need this Marvel movie to come out to see if he's really a good actor. Not that Simon's a great actor, but... R.I.P. Yeah. Um, To play Caroline's role... What about Sydney Sweeney? I almost picked her, yeah. And who would be the oh, and who would be the third person? Skip. Yeah. Uh, I don't know his name. Give me a second. <laughs> you go first. You go next, Ash. I'm gonna look up this guy's name. So, I think okay. So for, are we saying directors? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Director wise, I will go with Danielle Harris. She um she directed a movie called Among Friends, which is kind of like along the lines of like mm. prank gone wrong or like something went wrong and people are getting killed. Okay. So and she does a pretty nice job with that film, so I wouldn't mind seeing her taking over this. Um for the role of Carol, aka Carolyn Monroe. <clears throat> I have Peyton List, who is uh, from uh, Cobra Kai. Yep. Very beautiful. She could play, she could be bitchy if she has to. She could always always also be uh, caring and nice to others. Oh, I think you said caring. Oh, no. Caring. (laughs) Um, For the role of Marty... I'm going to go with Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things who plays Will. <laughs> and for Skip, I'm going with Jack Dylan Grazer from 
um, it chapters one and two. You know, okay. both of you made me realize I didn't pick a skip, and I would actually like to throw Millie Bobby Brown in a skip. Gender reversal, cool. Ooh. I, I figure the name lends it so. And we haven't really seen her play a fucked up role. My, um, I have two options. And she's British. Oh, that's right. I forgot she was British. Um, my skip, so I have two options for skip. One would be Nick Dodani. That's, I, I had to look up his name. I can remember his name. But he was in the first escape room. He played the escape room ex, uh, expert. Oh, the ex, yeah. Yeah. Um, or Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. I just want someone who has like that sort of smart alecky uh, disposition. I like the Ben Schwartz. Um, as far as a director, Adam Green. He likes. He's really good when it comes to that throwback '80s with the blood and guts um, um, tone. So I go for Adam Green. Hey, he's gonna be a horror hound. <laughs> a, I've met him once. He was very, very nice, very personable. Has he? Is he still making movies? That's not. That's not shade. I just right. I was thinking of the last thing he did, and I hope it wasn't the last Hatchet film. I think he's still making movies, but you know he works like more in the independent circuit, so maybe COVID pushed a lot of things back. Okay. But, Oh, you know what? He makes that Netflix show. Hollister? No, not Hollister. Fuck. Hiddleston. Hollister. Hollister. Hollister, yeah. Yeah. That's old. Well, I mean, that's the last thing I remember. Sorry. Gosh. Is that. Okay, I, I say this with respect because I do watch the show. Is that meant to be a straight-up sitcom, or is it meant to be a bad parody of sitcoms? A sitcom. Oh. Okay. Like, if I remember correctly, it was, um... It started on, um... What was the thing called before Shudder? Fear. Like, Fearnet. Yes. Fearnet. Oh, Fearnet. And then they got like a bigger budget, and you know we didn't need D. Snyder. Well, they did like the well they did like the first two seasons. I know they've been trying to get a third season going. Like they announced it. I don't know if there was a financial holdup or what happened. Uh, also, I know that the guy um, from Guar who played the his. Imagine best friend. He also passed away, so that affected the production yeah. as well. You know, for anyone listening, and you guys may not know this, but War used to perform every New Year's Eve in Richmond, Virginia, where they're from. Every year they put on concerts. And I thought that was really? a stand up thing for a local band that made it big. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> Just fun fact. I don't know any of their songs, but I know they were popular. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a niche market. Not gonna lie, like if I wasn't uh, if I didn't graduate high school in Richmond, I wouldn't know that. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess this is not going to be a repeated <laughs> viewing view movie for the two of you. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> It's not a good movie, but I, I saw it a lot as a kid. So watching it now, it's, it's a bit nostalgic. But mm-hmm. no, it's not a good movie. But I do own it on DVD. You know, I didn't look because Ash told me it was on Tubi, but I may own an actual physical copy as well. Is it like a, on like one of those discs with like four or eight other movies? Definitely three. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have too. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Yes. All right. Well, that is our review of Slaughter High. Take it or leave it. If you've never seen it before, it's definitely a watch. 
uh, just try to keep a mid 90s lens on it or late 1900 lens on it, lens on it versus 2020. Yeah, otherwise yeah. you will be greatly disappointed.